0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up with. And this week, I have my family from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, I've got Todd and my, my niece, Izzy. Uh, they're going to join us here as we talk about uh, Phineas and Ferb. So, hi guys. How are you doing? We're doing yeah. good. How are you? <laughs> doing great. Doing great. You guys ready to talk Phineas and Ferb with us? We're ready. Okay. So let me kind of get, we'll kind of go in here a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the background of the show. Uh, Izzy, did you find anything out about this here when you were doing your research? Like maybe uh, who did who did the show or the creators or anything like that?
1: Um, I found out that um, that Jeff Swampy Marsh, one of the creators of the show, um, lived in England for a while after working on um, a different television show. I think it was called uh, Rocco, maybe? Yeah, Rocco's and Modern Life. So I found it interesting that he lived there for a while, and since he lived in London, he made... Ferb
0: in the show British to kind of in, in a way, put it to his experiences. Okay. So I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of information here for those of us who don't know about the show. Who's never seen it before. Uh, to let you guys know, Phineas and Ferb is really a daytime Emmy award winning American animated television series. It involves two brothers. You have Phineas Flynn and Ferb Fletcher. Uh, there's also their crazy sister and uh, crazy sister Candace, who tries to bust them for all the crazy things that they do on the show. Uh, there's also a little backstory with this character named Doctor Doofenshmirtz and Agent P, who's a secret agent. Uh, agent P actually is Perry the Platypus, who happens to be, uh, oh gosh, what? Who? Uh, their their pet, right? Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, so I did find out in my research, I did find out a little bit here that with Dan Povenmeyer and Jeff Swampy Marsh, uh, they met while working on the Simpsons. And that was back in the mid 1990s where they sat across from each other as layout artists. Uh, they bonded because they basically had the same sense of humor here. Uh, they also ended up being a writing team on Rocco's modern life before Jeff decided to go off on to London and live there in London. Apparently he was working for Fox animation studios at the time, which I thought was kind of interesting. He was, uh, I think that he was doing something with them and then somehow he got picked up to work with a family guy for a little bit. And they kind of decided they were going to take off on this show here and they were going to do their own thing and split from Seth MacFarlane and Seth MacFarlane. Actually, there's a little mention of that later that he shows up in, the comic book episode or the sci-fi convention episode, if you guys remember that, uh, where they they meet uh, – they're going to have the whole battle between whether it's the like Lord of the Rings characters and the Star Wars characters, Star Wars-type characters, and I forget what the name of the episode is off the top of my head. Izzy, do you remember it all?
1: Oh, I, it was like a nerd war or something. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we start a fan
0: war or something. Yeah, they were going back and forth with those two episodes, two movies, and I was like, okay. And they had – the for me, the funny thing was I immediately recognized the voice of the guy who, was, who there was their special effects guru, and it was a director by the name of Kevin Smith. And Kevin Smith has done a lot of my favorite movies, uh, Clerks, Clerks 2, Chasing Amy, uh, Mallrats. I mean he's done a whole bunch of movies that I like. Not quite appropriate for the adult crowd or for the younger crowd, but hey, definitely a good film from what I liked. Uh, Now, I did find out, I don't know if you found this out, Izzy, but I found this out that when they were first learning, when they were first working together, they had actually sat down at this table in the Wild Time restaurant in Pasadena and they actually have like construction paper and butcher paper they put out on the table and they started just drawing characters and they said... You know, Dan Povenmire started uh, drawing it out, and he said, oh, you know what? I've got this kid here. He started drawing this triangle-headed kid, and boom, Phineas was born. And he calls up Jeff and says, "Uh, Jeff, I have our character. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of neat. Now, let's go ahead and we'll talk a little bit about the characters of the show. Now, Izzy, I know you know these characters. So we'll start off here with the basic first one. We're going to start off with Phineas Flynn. So tell me what you know about Phineas.
1: Okay. Well, he is a, oh, wait, what is his name? It was, is it the Flynn family? The Flynn,
2: yeah. Yes.
1: He is part of the Flynn's family. He is, I think,
2: sixth grade. Is that it?
3: Yeah, he's between
2: 10
1: and 12, probably. Some age between then, And he's very, very, um. well, I guess he is kind of interesting because all these adults are, you know, cool with giving him these supplies for some huge invention. Which As in the never- whole,
0: hey, aren't you a little young to be building a roller coaster?
1: And yes, yes I am. Okay, then let me give you all the equipment you need. What?
0: <laughs> He's also the one who also says, "Hey, where's Perry?" In half, in like most of the episodes.
1: Yeah, and Ferb, I know what we're gonna do today. And uh, what else? Is there anything else?
3: anything else? Um. Yes, yes I am. I know what we're gonna do today. Where's Perry? Oh, there you are, Perry. Yeah. Um, Is
0: that it? I think, I think so.
3: That's First it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, he's also the one who always, for me, he's always the one who comes up with all the crazy things that they're going to do. You know, he's the one that decided they were going to build a roller coaster after getting a hint. And with him, I thought it was kind of interesting that Povenmire and uh, Marsh decided that they were going to create him and Ferb out of the fact that when Povenmire was growing up, He basically was told, hey, go outside, go play, do something, stay outside of the house during the summer. And so he would actually have to come up with things so that he wasn't bored and, you know, bored doing nothing outside all day. And that's kind of where he kind of got the ideas for what Phineas and Ferb do. Now, obviously, we know that they create some really crazy things here, but we'll get to that in a little bit when we get to the plot and and whatnot. So we're going to move on uh, to the next character, uh, which is Ferb Fletcher. And what do you know about Ferb, Izzy?
1: I know that he doesn't talk much in the episodes, except for one where he he had, like, a whole speech for, like, 45 seconds, where (laughs) uh, I think... I don't know what that one was called. Um, (coughs) It was one where they found a lizard. The lizard whisperer. Yes, the lizard whisperer. And um, so he... He usually has, like, only one line in every episode.
0: He has a very deep singing voice. Yes. yes. Which is not
1: his voice at all, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of what he was singing, because I, I was... Well, we're definitely going to cover music here later on, because that's definitely a big part of the show, considering that they throw songs into every pretty much every episode. But I'm trying to remember what song he was singing in that he had that deep voice.
1: Oh, there was the Spa Day one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where... He did most of the wrapping.
0: Oh, that's fine. Back- right.
1: Yeah, backyard beach. Uh, the one I think in the city of love, he just had like one uh, line though.
0: I forgot about that. Digging them.
3: my road. It- yes,
1: digging my Road from outer space at get <laughs> Uh,
3: <laughs> gitchy gitchy goo.
1: Did he? Oh, yeah. Says oh, the yeah. baby, baby. True. Is
2: there anything else?
3: Uh, he does all, all the building or a, a majority of the building. Yeah. Yep. He's good yeah. with a welding torch.
0: Yeah. He's the one I always yeah. see that comes up with all the crazy stuff that Phineas has. He goes, okay, I'm going to put it together. He's basically, as far as I'm concerned, the engineer of the group and yeah. that he's building everything.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that for some, uh, episodes Ferb knows like in advance, what they're going to build, but he lets Phineas kind of figure it out like the one where they made a fun house and he like folded a piece of paper and then put it on his nose to make it look like a house. (laughs) I think think he maybe keeps his mouth shut on purpose to let Phineas do some of the work. Maybe
0: You know, I kind of think the same thing because he just seems to be very quiet. And when he actually says something, it's usually – that he's putting out something that's very important or very smart when he comes out. The only thing that I, the only one that I remember where he really didn't say much, it was kind of like, uh, when they had the floating baby in the haunted house and he, Phineas asks him, what was the scariest thing? And he goes, the floating baby head, definitely the floating baby head. And it was kind of like, yeah, that, where did that come from? Have no idea. And that's where it ends. No,
1: no one really knows about the floating baby head. I think, they say that in Comic-Con where they just randomly thought of some weird thing and then put it in the show? They have no idea what it is.
0: Well, I did some find out.
1: Thing.
0: I did find out a little bit of information on that floating boat baby head. Uh, basically, according to Dan Povenmeier, uh it came about from one board panel that was drawn by Mike Diedrich, who is one of the layout artists. And uh, one of the directors, Rob Hughes He saw it and he goes, oh, my God, that's hilarious. We definitely need to put this in. And it it basically was happening during that whole haunted house episode. And that it was kind of like just this whole incongruous type of thing that was really didn't belong. And they threw it in. They said, "Okay, this works. It's hilarious. It's, you know, most people wouldn't be scared by a floating baby head at all. And so they kind of just threw it in. They said, we're going to do this. And people loved it. So they kind of went on from there and now it just kind of shows up at random when they decide they need a running joke. (laughs) So I did find that out for us. But we'll go ahead here... Oh, I almost forgot. I do want to mention here, because I'm kind of a big voiceover freak, so I kind of wanted to talk about the voices here as to who voices these characters, uh, because we kind of forgot about Phineas Flynn. Uh, I wanted to point out that he was voiced by Vincent Marcella. Uh, Unfortunately, I did not look up a whole lot of what Vincent Marcella does, uh, but he... Primarily is Phineas, and he's he's kind of, that's his role. And then Ferb Fletcher is voiced by a guy named Thomas Sangster, who I hadn't found any information as to what he's done other than Phineas and Ferb. Again, not looking uh, too deeply, but... Go ahead, Izzy. I think, I
1: think, didn't
2: he do...
3: Yeah, he was the oldest...
2: Yeah,
0: he was oldest the oldest
3: kid. boy on the, uh, the first Nanny McPhee movie.
0: Oh, that's right. I will have to point that out to Alicia because she loves Nanny McPhee. (laughs) Uh, So let's go ahead and we'll move on to Candace Flynn. Uh, I'm going to just kind of (laughs) touch up here, Candace Flynn, that I noticed that she was voiced by Ashley Tisdale, who, if I remember correctly, Ashley's done a bunch of things for Disney. Uh, I want to say, like, not, not Mickey Mouse Club or anything like that, but, like, she's done a lot of singing and stuff that's shown up in the parks and for various characters, and she's kind of one of Disney's little pop stars, kind of like Miley Cyrus was as Hannah Montana. Uh, I I know that she's Phineas' older sister, and she actually comes... Uh, she's actually Phineas' sister itself, not her stepsister, uh, and that she's 15, and she's basically the main antagonist that shows up in pretty much every episode trying to bust the brothers. That sound about right? That's right. Okay. So I'll let you kind of go on here. Do you guys know anything else, Izzy, that you want to add on this? Uh,
1: uh, No one can explain her freakishly long neck. (laughs) I know that.
0: You know, I thought that that was always kind of crazy as well. That and the fact that, like, Ferb is, like, when you look at Ferb, he's drawn and he's very rectangular. And then Phineas has the big, pointy, sharp triangle head. And then Candace is the only one in the entire household that has that, like, weird P-shaped head. And her hair always just seems to sit perfectly on her head, and I'll never understand that.
1: It defies gravity or something. (laughs) Something
0: Now, I do know, do you know, can you name off her her best friends and her boyfriend?
1: Oh, uh, Stacey Hirano is her best friend, and Jeremy Johnson is her boyfriend.
0: Okay. Now, I know that when she goes through and, and every time she tries to bust her brothers, what happens?
3: Whatever they created for the date disappears somehow.
1: <laughs> By Doofenshmirtz or some other weird thing. Most of the time it's Doofenshmirtz.
3: Okay. Yes, most of the time the the, the parallel story of Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Harry the Platypus...
1: Like combined?
3: There's There's some kind of invention for uh inator. inator, that's right. <laughs> that um, usually takes care of what Phineas and Ferb have created for the day, whether it's a giant magnet that will lift up a <laughs> replica of the yeah. Eiffel Tower or or their roller coaster or No,
1: the magnet did the roller coaster. The
3: magnet did the
0: roller coaster. The
1: Eiffel Tower was just like shrunk down to size
2: and then carried away.
3: Oh, that's right.
0: See, I'm glad I got you guys on the show because you are such fans of it. You're able to watch it and remind me of stuff. I've been watching all day today trying to remember half of what happened on the episodes and I don't remember (laughs) half of them. (laughs) Now, I do want to talk about the next character here I want to cover. Uh, We have Lawrence Fletcher. Uh, He's actually voiced by a guy named Richard O'Brien who, when I did research on him today, I found out Richard O'Brien, he was the creator of a show that a lot of people might have heard of, a little one called Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, he was one of the characters in there, and I uh, I can't for the life of me remember his name off the top of my head, but he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he actually helped create the show, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, but he's basically the father of Ferb and stepfather of Phineas and Candidus, and he's an archaeologist from England who, I guess, from fresh my memory, doesn't, he runs some sort of... Uh, he run some sort of antique shop? Because I know that he's always like going off to find stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Cause he's like I I wanna say that he went to some there was something he was gonna go to and I remember cause it was just a stupid looking hat that he had where it was like some sort of shower head or something that he had on the hat. Do you guys remember that at all? yeah.
1: When they were going to well I don't know it was it some thing he was doing with
2: their mom or. I, I remember
0: that mom.
1: one. I remember it was it. I think. I think.
0: Was it was it the episode where Candace gets busted for having the house party? That
1: yes, is that
0: one? Okay. Yeah. So I remember they were going well, like, off to do
3: something. Wasn't there something about like a like a eagle made a nest in his hat
0: or or something like that? Is that one
3: of
1: them? No, no. I
0: don't think so. <laughs> I know now. I I also know that uh, he does never seem to really notice that Phineas and Ferb have created some crazy invention. Like, for example, when he uh, when Candace was first learning to drive and they created the whole monster truck arena, he was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, hey, let's go out for your driving test." In uh, a, it's fine with
1: my, my my wife. It's fine with me.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of like okay, you're letting your stepdaughter drive a huge monster truck. Up, like, the steepest cliff
1: ever.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then she ends up having to, like, parallel park at the very end. I thought that was great. (laughs) Because I will admit that's probably one of the most difficult things for me to do. And I've been driving for, oh, what, 20 years now? (laughs) It's a problem. (laughs) Now, one thing I did learn with him is that... um. Jeff Swampy Marsh, he basically said that Lawrence Flesher's character uh, really was very similar to his stepfather, Bill. So that's kind of why he threw him in there. Uh, I, I think that was part of – he kind of came from this whole blended family, and that's kind of really how they came in with the whole blended family family concept for Phineas and Ferb. And I have to kind of admit that I would like to know whatever happened to Phineas' you – know, his dad. At the same time, it's not a big yeah. deal. But I always wonder, hey, you know, what happened to him? Maybe we'll find out in the whole Mission Marvel episode that's coming up that we're going to find out, oh, yeah, Phineas's dad is actually, you know, Thor, the God of Thunder or something. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if they did something goofy like that.
1: That would be awesome, though.
0: <laughs> yes, it would. Well, that,
1: yeah. That's
3: it, a, that's one thing I've always wondered, though, because... They
1: started to they date have, in high
3: school. Yeah, they, they have the... Uh,
1: the love handle the, flashback. Yeah.
3: The, the mother and the father have been together since high school or shortly after. Um, but then they make it seem as though nothing happened. It's, it's two separate families. Like there is a, a missing mother and a missing father.
0: Yeah, it's one of those weird things that I will probably never, ever know unless we, you know, get up at a panel and ask them. So maybe I'll try and ask him that at Comic-Con this year. If I can. Okay.
2: okay
0: <laughs> good. Uh, now, next character, we have Phineas's mom, Linda Flynn Fletcher. Uh, she, for those who don't know, Linda Flynn Fletcher is voiced by Caroline Rhea, uh, who is, she's she was actually one of the uh, stepsisters on, or one of the sisters on uh, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh She's also been on Hollywood Squares is one of the squares for a while. Very funny comedian, a uh, little obscene at times, but very funny comedian. So if you ever see her, she looks nothing like her character at all, <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, so Izzy, what do you know about uh, Linda Flynn Fletcher? That she was, um, a pop star. Oh, sure. or,
1: yeah, was a pop star, but she was a pop star called Lindana in
3: the The 80s the 80s i thought it was
0: the 90s might have
1: been the 90s no
0: the 90s was like when okay i i actually know the year on this because i happened to see an episode that showed her record on the wall uh i went back and watched flop stars today which talks about it's actually kind of where we find out that she was the the pop star and on the rec or on the wall of Hugh Joe Records, which is the ones that want to sign Phineas and Ferb for Gitchy Gitchy Goo, there is a album that says uh, Lindana Girls. What just want to have or uh, Lindana and I just want to have fun, and it says 1985. So I found that out. Now whether that actually happened, because I noticed at the time that the year kept changing throughout the episode, like it was 1983 and then 1985 and then back to 1983 again. So I'm not really I- sure when it was. <laughs>
1: Like for different things that happened, like she wrote the song in 1983,
3: and then oh, she had her comeback in, 1985, her comeback in
0: 1985. that could be because she was that whole one-hit wonder, and she made fun of that.
3: She likes frozen foods.
1: Yes, time to go. I have frozen. That's
3: right. That's
1: her catchphrase. That's her only catchphrase.
3: I've got frozen.
1: Or and she hates. Her phone sometimes because Candace can talk to her and
2: and sound insane when she's trying to get her brother.
0: Well, now, that's a big thing here because we know that Phineas and Ferb are constantly being drawn in here, uh, that Candace is always trying to bust them. You know, whatever happens with all this stuff? Because, I mean, does she ever actually see them find find out about Phineas and Ferb?
1: No. Oh, wait a minute. She
0: does in the future.
1: She does in the future, yes. But not, I'm, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about when they made, like, like, that huge suction cup thing that jumps into the air that has no name. Remember that? No. The, what oh, it I remember was, this. Yeah. where? And then she got zapped with a memory eraser, whatever that inator was, and she kept saying, like, Oh my gosh! What oh, is that? That's right. She kept, she kept forgetting it and forgetting and until finally Perry comes, and then she says, "Oh, there you are, Perry!" and goes back in time before they come <laughs> back down.
0: <laughs> See, I also know that Candace always drags her away from whatever she's doing that's important. Uh, I, I know that she tried to drag her away from a uh, from like a book thing that she went to a book club uh, where we first meet Susie, but that's another character that we'll get to later. <laughs> Uh, you know she she drags her away from where they're supposed to be doing some sort of like coffee shop singing group or something she always has like these crazy things that she's going off and doing and I always thought that was kind of funny that she's so busy doing all this stuff that when does she have time to be a parent and cook dinner but apparently <laughs> she manages As, quite well
1: she has a lot of mom friends that's for sure she, she does a lot of stuff like Baking club or something or oh what's another one like I remember one time when she was like it like she was at the dentist's office and then Candace
2: came in and,
1: yeah and told her that Phineas was doing something or or when when Candace is complaining that her mom's always saying oh I can't go I'm doing something where she says like she's in court or something <laughs> so.
0: What was that? Well, I think the dentist one was probably a pretty good one because I think she was like getting a root canal or something, and it's like, "Really, Candace? You want me to go off now?"
1: And then when she left, and then when she left, the mom said that it's a good thing that I'm going back to my root canal, which is a weird thing because <laughs> it's not the best thing in the world.
0: No, no, they're not. <laughs> but I know that there's, I know there's been a couple of episodes where. Candace has been kind of called on the carpet for it and it's kind of like, you know, her mom says, okay, Candace, so what's going to happen is that you're going to call me up. You're going to tell me that I have to come home and see some fantastic object that's not there when I finally get home and you're you're going to be kind of going, but, 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 and that's going to be the end of it. And Candace goes, well, yeah, probably. And then they hang up the phone. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I love, I love seeing, you know, just little bits of stuff where you know that there's this running gag going on and. Then it kind of comes to a conclusion like that, and they're kind of like, okay, we're going to make fun of ourselves with this. So I kind of like yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, now, I, it, when you were talking about Lindana, I did find this out here when I was looking it up, that that whole Lindana and I Want to Have Fun basically was a parody uh, of Cyndi Lauper, kind of a combination of Cyndi Lauper and Tiffany, and uh, that Tiffany used to have the whole bow in her hair. She kind of had the same pop star look, but – uh, Povenmeier and Marsh kind of said that they really created off of both of those characters. Cause they liked the way that one sounded with girls just want to have fun. They liked that from Cindy Lauper, but she really was kind of more of a Tiffany style character with her outfits because, uh, one of them liked Tiffany from when they were growing up in this whole, I think we're alone now type song where she was a one hit wonder pretty much like LaDonna was. So I kind of liked that there and picked that up and mention that next character. Next character I want to talk about, Baljeet. Baljeet Tinder. Now, I am looking at you is you got a smile on your face, so you know something I, about Baljeet. I lo-
1: like Baljeet. He's funny.
0: <laughs> what do you like uh, about Baljeet?
2: He,
1: I like that he he's so smart that he bores everybody. <laughs> it's kind of funny in its own way, but he he seems so sad after that and he gets bullied for it. But uh I don't, I don't know, I guess I guess his his book smarts is is interesting to me.
0: I kind of like him in the fact that he's so scared of math tests that he had that as one of his things in the haunted mansion or the haunted house.
1: Failing a math test is the worst thing ever. Any can't go to a good college
2: if he has a failed math test.
0: Well, now, there's a couple of things with him because I know that he was absolutely terrified to play music when they did the whole Baljeetles episode. And he went to that camp and he's like, I'm going to camp. And he thought it was like some sort of study camp and it turns out to be a music camp. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? I can't. I don't know how to play an instrument. And what happened? You remember that episode?
1: So Phineas and Ferb helped him kind of. Did they write a song? Yeah, I think they wrote a song. Yeah, they wrote a song. I mean, apparently, he just willingly changed the lyrics when he got upset.
0: (laughs) It's pretty good, though. Maybe they didn't have lyrics. Well, I know he was like, he was basically singing from the heart, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, off the top of my head, I am very, very irritated right now. I want to get graded for this for for some weird reason, even though I don't care about it. So I'm going to just thing to
0: the world works for me <laughs> yeah. uh now he was voiced by uh malik pancholi i think that's how you pronounce his name uh i have actually seen him i went and looked him up because i was like who who does this voice turns out that he's one of my favorite characters on a tv show on showtime called weeds and he plays this character who basically sells drugs on there but you don't know about that, Izzy, so we'll we'll go right around that.
1: <laughs> all I know is it's some guy that does the Indian boy's voice.
0: That's all I yeah, know. Well, it's it's funny because if you hear his normal voice, it sounds nothing, nothing like Baljeet. Baljeet's very high-pitched and squeaky voice, and his normal voice sounds kind of like your dad's. So it's really kind of weird to hear him talking in this Baljeet voice when you see it. It, it, it just doesn't... Doesn't match up with what he looks like at all.
1: All right, now I'm picturing you doing Belgique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, since you mentioned that Belgique gets bullied, we're going to talk about the next person. Who's his bully?
1: Buford Van Stom.
0: Yep. And he's voiced by Bobby Gaylor, who I unfortunately don't know a whole lot about Bobby Gaylor. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Buford. Um...
1: He he does. I mean, he buys a lot of things from different brands for bullies specifically, like tough shoelaces and tough gum for bullies. And he he also like there was one episode where, where like all the lights went out and it was dark and 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 they liked commenting on his very raspy voice for the first time. Like they never noticed it before.
0: Why they do that? Hey, Buford, you got a raspy voice. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of like him because you do get a chance to see that he actually does have a little bit of a soft side with him. Uh, I know that he's kind of just this whole tough guy bully. And you do really see that in, in like the first season but I noticed that he actually starts getting to be a little bit more nice when uh, they find out about his issue with his goldfish. And what happens with the goldfish? Something like it it gets lost in the sea or something?
2: Yeah,
1: and, and then he has to fight a giant squid, which is something he's afraid of to get his goldfish back.
0: That's right. And then
1: when he gets his goldfish back, he's all mean and jerky.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I know that he's not always a jerk, though, because he... When they had, uh they have, they show him, like, hanging out with Baljeet a lot, and I know that there's been a point where he's held Baljeet in, like, one of those little baby carriers on his chest, and he says, yeah, I got my nerd with me. Yeah, it,
1: it's like, it's like some humiliating punishment for Baljeet and himself.
0: <laughs> well, I know that they are, uh there's a phrase that, or a term that they have called themselves called frenemies, and he calls Baljeet, his least favorite brother. I do know that. And I'm trying to remember, Frenemies, that was... I'm wondering if that was the episode where they went to the old folks' home or something and they were singing it for them? Yeah. yeah and you that see, like, it. a bunch of clips? Is
2: there a bunch of
1: clips? I thought it
3: was just... Oh, like, their relationship over time? I
1: remember that part. Maybe
3: I did. Could be or, my I bad that... memory. <laughs> I, I think that was the episode where...
1: The potatoes came to life. <laughs> where,
3: where Buford um, is recruited by Dr. Doofenshmirtz as his teacher. as his intern, and oh,
2: wait.
3: yeah, that's we, not front because no, no, that's not front oh, But that's the episode. That's when he saw because him and Belgique are singing. They're singing
1: the same song without knowing it. Miss
3: about missing each other because they're they're not in the nerd and bully yeah. situation anymore.
1: They lost very, their relationship.
0: <laughs> very much a, a an American Tale moment with the uh, somewhere out there moment kind of thing. So oh, and then
1: and then there's something else about Buford that I like. It's where they were making the big bubble to for them to just float around and kind of relax for the day. And then he said something like, "It would be so." Fun to fly around like a little woodland pixie. Oh, did I just say that out loud? Like, yes. he has a girly side
0: of, for some reason. Well, and I'm trying to think. There was an, there was the episode where they had, like, the whole uh, uh, where they went back into medieval times, and they're, like, walking through Phineas and Ferb, trying to find somebody to help them go on this quest or something. It's that story that Carl's reading to Major Monogram. uh, And they oh, have,
1: Excalibur?
0: Yeah, and they have uh, they have Buford, and he's sitting there at a table, and it's kind of like, and he, he says something to the effect of, you know, hey, bullies, even us tough guys, our mercenaries, have a soft side to us. And I was kind of like, okay. And it was something like he had, like, this fluffy, this fluffy doll or something. I forget what it was. I could be completely wrong on, on the fluffy doll, but I remember him, like, saying something to the effect of him having a soft side to it. At that point, they were kind of like, really? Oh, where
1: they were – where he lost his teddy bear that he called Teddy Boo Boo or something. And when they put its picture into a machine and then transported to Danville. Is that it?
0: Well, that's something different. But, yeah, I I mean we know that because of stuff like that that he does have a very caring side, that he's not always this nasty bully, which I kind of like. That they actually show that, hey – he is a friend of everybody. She's a friend of Phineas and Ferbs. He's a friend of of uh, Isabella. He's a friend of uh, Baljeet's, even though he really kind of picks on some of them as a bully. Uh, now, because of that, since we did talk about Isabella, I want to go ahead and mention her. We have Isabella Garcia Shapiro, who's voiced by Allison Stoner. Uh, Allison Stoner, for those of you who, who haven't ever seen her, uh when Alicia and I went to go actually get your poster that we got signed by all the cast members, we met Allison Stoner. And Alicia looks at her and she goes, man, she looks familiar. And after we walk away, she goes, oh, my God, I have to look her up. She looks her up on her cell phone and finds out that Allison Stoner was one of the younger daughters in the movie Cheaper by the Dozen. And so it's kind of like, oh, wow. And to see her there, it was – we realized that she actually is a lot younger than we thought. Um I To show how much of a geek I am, I've been going to Comic-Con. This will be my 22nd year, and Allison Stoner hasn't been alive as long as there's been Comic-Con going on. So we kind of made a mention of that, and she kind of looked at me like, oh, well, that's nice. Like, you're a giant geek. <laughs> but what do you know about uh, Isabella Shapiro, Isabella Garcia Shapiro?
1: That's her mom is the Garcia part of her last name. And her dad, which we've never seen before in the show, whoever it is, is, is the Shapiro part. And his dad is his dad is Jewish and they had like a Mexican Jewish cultural festival thing for one of the episodes. I have like to it. say, I
0: love that. I <laughs> love yeah, that, that whole funny. episode.
1: <laughs> and she's a fireside girl, which is kind of like Girl Scouts to the extreme, really. They do like more um, I guess martial art-like moves sometimes when you think about it. Yeah. Mostly in the second
0: dimension. Yeah. I I know that there was an episode where Phineas was falling out of the sky and she like calls to all the Fireside girls and she goes, girls, you know, prep sashes and like they all grab their sashes to build it into some like uh like a net to catch him in i thought that was kind of neat
1: yeah how fast can you weave something
0: yeah uh and they always seem to have the fireside girls always seem to have like crazy badges that they go in and have to do uh now we did talk about catchphrases with everybody else what is isabella's catchphrase
1: hey what you doing
0: are you sure that's how it's said? Because doesn't she make comments when other people, when Buford tried to pull it off?
2: Uh, that's her catchphrase.
0: Yeah. What you Just do? See, now well, your dad's got it. Your dad knows what it is. Because <laughs> I remember Buford trying to do it and she like looks at him and she goes, hey, that's my line and you're screwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did mention the Fireside Girls a little bit. Do you know what their troop number is?
1: Oh, their their number? Their, yeah, like a bunch of numbers. Oh, yeah. I know what it is. I, this is probably gonna make me seem so dorky. Uh, <laughs> it's it's fireside Gr- fireside girls two four six three two one. Wow, I think
0: <laughs> you're off by one number. You <laughs> added one too many numbers. It's four six two three one. Oh, I wrote it down because I was I was kind of like. Okay, that's kind of, that's got to be some sort of number that they use. Because I know with like all the uh, uh, Pixar movies that they have, they make mention of a certain number, and it always shows up throughout the Pixar movies. And it turns out when I looked it up that it's a room number for like one of the main animation classes at CalArts. And so I'm kind of thinking that there might be some sort of link with that 46231, but I got to, I wasn't able to find any information on it. So I may have to do a little bit more research, see if we can find something on that later on. But uh, I know that there's a lot of different characters here with the Fireside Girls. We got Gretchen, Holly, Katie, Millie, uh, Addison Sweetwater, who, if I remember correctly, she's the only one that actually has a last name in the Fireside Girls. The others, I mean, they they probably do have last names, but they're never mentioned. And then, of course, well, no, I well, take that back. Go ahead.
1: Well, actually, one of the Fireside Girls, Ginger, she's um – She's Candace's best friend's sister, so her name's Ginger Hirana.
0: Yes, and I was just about ready to say that and you got you beat me to the punch. Now, Ginger, do you know do you know what uh, link is between Ginger and Baljeet?
1: She likes him.
0: She's got a huge crush on him, sort of like how Isabella has with Phineas. Right now, mm-hmm. does Phineas ever find out that Isabella has a crush on him?
1: No. I mean, unless you count the movie where she kissed him and then they erase their memories, which makes the whole movie never happen really, so no, I don't think so I don't
0: think does. i'll I'll give the movie a nod then we'll go ahead and mention that oh. uh, I do know that she got really, really frustrated. That day that they were supposed to, like that whole longest day episode where they are flying that jet around the world. Because don't they end up in Paris and she makes a mention about being in the city of love and she's like, hey, doesn't this make you want to think of anything? And Phineas was just kind of completely oblivious to the fact that she liked him. And you're just nodding your head and kind of going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: He's too focused on the, the – it wasn't a plane. It was more like a, a,
0: a boat, boat at the
1: time. And then it was a bouncing rubber band ball.
0: <laughs> that whole thing with that whole whatever you want to call it, ball, plane, boat, transport. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting in how he got it to do all those crazy things just so that they could have one really long day. Now – since we mentioned that Ginger was the sister of Stacy Hirano, we'll go ahead and talk about Stacy a little bit. Uh, what do you know about Stacy?
1: Um, oh, her mom is a doctor, and her mom wants her to be a doctor very badly. And um, she she likes a lot of bands, a lot of different bands. Like she has a poster above her bed in her room, and in every episode that they show her, the the band in the poster changes from Paisley Sideburn Brothers to um to the Bettys to Tiny Cowboy. So, and and Candace likes all those bands too.
0: Well, it wasn't there the episode with Candace where they ended up – where both of them were like trying to get in to see the uh, Paisley Sideburn boys and Candace was trying to become – like she was trying to do all the badges, like 13 badges or something like that in one day? Was that –
1: Actually, it was 15 Fireside Girl patches.
0: Okay. Or 15.
1: Why did I say
2: 15?
0: Fifty. And wasn't it like a record or something that was supposed to be set by the by yes. the Fireside Girls and she had to beat it and – I thought that was pretty interesting how she goes through all that trouble and then they go, "Uh, Yeah, the Fireside Girls are invited. We have free tickets and we can invite our friends to the Paisley Sideburn Boys. And Candace went through all that trouble, she thought. And what was it? Isabella said that something about, like, Well, this is really what Fireside Girls is about is trying to become friends and, you know, help other people. Am I right on that?
3: I think so. I think. Yeah. But overall,
2: Candace was just disappointed.
1: I wrestled an alligator for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of the things, or was it? Was it? A, yeah,
2: it was, yeah.
1: Or was it? Um. Was it a crocodile? One of the two. No, it was an alligator because the crocodile was cranky. The crocodile that was lost in the swamps, or not?
3: <laughs> Alligators in the sewers.
1: Alligators yeah. in the sewers. Uh, yeah.
0: The that, that was a little teeny tiny. Crocodile or that was the uh, part of the kids show that just jumped through the hoop or something.
1: Yeah. And then it, it got really big. And you know what? I think they did that at the time because where's my water got so popular that they just had to mention some crocodile in the story somehow. Cause it was a Disney thing too.
0: Well, and that's something that they've kind of blown up into the whole that where's my water game has created a shoot off or an offshoot for where's my Perry. But I know we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, I wanna I wanna kinda get through some of the characters here. We're gonna go ahead and mention Jeremy Johnson. Now, I know who Jeremy Johnson is. Have you got any input on Jeremy Johnson here? He's in a band. He's a
1: musician. He's a musician. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> huh? And
3: Mitchell Musso does his voice. Oh
1: Mitch Mitchell Musso does his voice. Um, uh, he has a little sister. What else? What else is
0: there? Come on, there's the big thing that you're missing.
1: Well, we already mentioned that he was Candace's boyfriend, didn't we?
0: Yeah, but that's the big thing. I mean, he's he's that huge crush. Uh, where does he work? Do you know that?
1: Oh, oh, uh, it was that.
2: It was
0: at Hot Dog Place or something.
1: It was... Is it, uh, Is it a Slushy Burger? No, no. it's not well,
0: Slushy Burger. <laughs> actually, actually, there's a contention on that because it has been called Slushy Burger, but it's also been called Slushy Dog, Mr. Slushy oh, Dog. Okay. Slushy
1: Dog, that's
0: what it was. <laughs> so it's kind of a confusing point because one one episode, he's there and he's working and he's working at Mr. Slushy Burger. And then like another point, uh, I know that Candace goes down to the mall and he's got this crazy hat that he's got that's got a hot dog sticking through it, and he offers her a slushy dog. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, do I really want to know what a slushy dog is? (laughs) I don't know.
1: Do they put a a slushy in the hot dog so you have the drink and the food in the same place or something? No, the hot dog
3: (laughs) is the slushy. I don't know.
1: (laughs) How does that work? That's disgusting. Do they like blend it up and then (laughs)
0: That's kind of the whole thing with me is I kind of looked at that. I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to eat a slushy hot dog. To me, hot dogs shouldn't be slushy. <laughs> now, do you? since you mentioned that he is in a band, do you know what the name of his band is? I don't
1: remember. What? What was it? You're looking at me like know.
0: you know. What
3: I is had, it? <laughs> I had a feeling I didn't I think so. It's, Take a uh, guess. It's Jeremy and
1: something. Uh, and and and, uh, and, the,
3: uh,
0: the something and and
1: and the something tones. And the curly-haired guy.
0: <laughs> Actually, the, the name of the band is The Incidentals. So just a little bit of trivia for you that. Although, with regards to something tones, when they did the Flop Stars episode where they did record Gitchy Gitchy Goo, that was Phineas and the Ferb Tones. And I only remember that because I saw that episode about, oh about maybe an hour ago. <laughs> now, since we've gotten through, we've kind of gotten through all the people with the A plot or, you know, cause every episode pretty much has half a plot with, with uh, Phineas and Ferb and, and the family and their friends. The next part we're going to talk about kind of moves into what we call the B plot, uh, which this really involves some interesting characters. This involves, uh, well, I want to kind of move in here with Perry, the platypus and his alter ego, Agent P. Uh, so what do you guys know about about uh, Agent P?
1: He works for a secret agency called ALCA, or O-W-C-A-A, a, um, what was it? Organization, Organization. Organization without a
3: cool acronym. Yes,
1: <laughs> why didn't they just make it a cool acronym? Like, I um, uh, can't think of one. Like... Like like the one in Marvel, which is probably what they're going to talk about. I think S.H.I.E.L.D.? I was, S.H.I.E.L.D., yes.
2: yes.
0: I think
1: they talked about that in, in, in some creek.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they do something with that between S.H.I.E.L.D. and Alka when uh, it comes down to the Mission Marvel episode that's upcoming. Would not have any problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I, I do know that Doofenshmirtz makes fun of them for not having a, a cool acronym for it. Because he says something that's like, Alka, what the heck is that? He goes, that's, <laughs> you know, it sounds like, you know, couldn't could you guys get anything cool? This is just but awful. But he's one to talk
1: because his or- organization is Love Muffin L- League of, League
3: of Vill- Villainous
1: Evil, evil-
3: Doers, united. united for
1: Frightening Investments, frightening
3: investments in,
1: in Naughtiness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad you guys remember that because I had no clue what that was. Uh, now, we do know uh, – one of, one of my things here with this, uh, Agent P and Perry the Platypus, he's voiced by a guy named D. Bradley Baker. Uh, Todd, you, since you're a huge Star Wars fan, uh, if you've ever seen any of the episodes of The Clone Wars, he actually is – I want to say the sergeant or – uh, he plays some character where he's kind of got like an Australian English type accent for it. Uh, Rex, I think it is.
3: Yeah, well, I, he does all the clones.
0: Oh, he does. Okay, because yeah, I, I, I
3: variation on their on their accent, I think.
0: Okay, uh, he does a
1: lot of just sound effects in general.
0: Yes, yes. Right? It. I didn't know until I saw a panel at Comic Con with voice actors. That he was that he actually made the noise of of Perry the Platypus. I thought it was just like you know they created something where they rattled something in a can or something to get that noise. I had no clue it was a real person doing it. So I gotta give I gotta give D Bradley Baker props for that. Yeah,
1: he's very difficult. It's like he's gargling something somehow.
0: <laughs> well, and it's kind of weird when you see him do it because he kind of tucks his cheek back and he kind of he kind of looks like Perry does, where Perry has this, his mouth pulled back to the side and you see his teeth. And he's kind of just doing this rattling noise. And it's it's the weirdest thing to see, but it's really cool. And it's yeah, funny. Maybe, you,
1: maybe they copied what he looked like.
0: Could be. Could be, because I know a lot of animators will do that. Now, what else do you know about Perry? I mean, what else has he done?
1: He... Let's see. Well, he's... The Flynn-Fletcher's pet, the family pet. He is the secret spy. He's Doofenshmirtz's archenemy.
2: What else does he do?
1: Oh, he was um, he was in a pound, before, like run by O.W.C.A. I think, where Carl the intern was kind of. Of taking control of it or kind of running it so that he gave the secret agents a home as kind of like a secret identity. So he dressed up like a woman. <laughs> I think so. He dresses up like a woman a lot. <laughs> and um uh, what what episode was that?
3: Uh that is the is that the movie? No, that was the one where um where it's where's Perry and they went to Africa and they had the flashback of when the first day they got Perry. Is that
1: the episode where they sang everything's better
3: with Oh no, that was the second dimension where they explained where they got Perry. Yeah, that's oh, what
1: it was I mean. Cause it was the anniversary. Yes.
2: Yeah. You don't know.
1: You're yeah. messed up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, d- does anybody know that he is a secret agent?
1: Like outside of his agency?
0: Yes. No.
1: No, everyone's clueless, especially Dr. Doofenshmirtz. He's so stupid when that happens, really. It's like, oh, I put you in a trap. You had a hat. Now you don't. Oh, let me let you out. You're a regular platypus. How does that make any sense?
0: (laughs) Well, Doofenshmirtz himself doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my mind, but uh, we'll kind of get into him since Doofenshmirtz is the next character on my list. Uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, he's voiced by Dan Povenmeier. uh, And he's kind of a mad scientist that we see show up, as you mentioned. So go ahead, Izzy. Why don't you talk a little bit more about him?
1: Um, Whenever people see him, they think he's a pharmacist because he wears a lab coat. (laughs) Uh, he, He builds these machines called innators to do basically whatever he wants. And every single day it's different. Why Why doesn't he just make one invention and then work on that until it gets right and something actually happens?
0: Well, like, because yeah. he keeps building in all those self-destruct buttons that blow him up.
1: Well, yeah, but but why doesn't he just rebuild it the same way and try again? I mean, I know Perry's probably just going to destroy it anyway, but at least until he gets it right, I mean, he goes through a lot of trouble going through through so many backstories, which I like. I like the backstories, especially when he's a kid, and he he basically has a random reason, like he hates pretzels, and there's a a, a pretzel festival downtown or something, and <laughs> and he straightens the pretzels just to be like breadsticks or something, which he also has a problem with.
0: <laughs> when I was a small boy in Doolittle Dorf- in Give a stomp. <laughs> gotta love him. Gotta love him. Uh, now he has a he has a catchphrase that he always uses. What's that catchphrase?
3: Curse you, Perry the Platypus.
0: Yes. The
1: platypus voice, do it. Go on. Do an impression. <laughs> you can't do, it. <laughs> <clears throat> can't do it.
3: Can I do different words?
1: I don't know. Can you? I don't think. I, think I've done I do will try. <laughs> Just do it. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> there you go. Good.
0: Now you you know where he lives, right? Where he lived as a small boy.
1: In, Gimmelstam. Yes, it's like a it it's it's a country that's kind of really long. It looks kind of like Chile.
3: Oh, is it sandwiched in between? It's,
1: no. It. It's like like imaginary right. – It it's like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs where they cover it with the
2: A. Oh, with the A. <laughs>
1: but I mean like – but there's no way to cover that because it's a really big country outside of England. Somehow it's there, but we just don't know. I see.
0: <laughs> it, well, and that, that whole long and narrow thing plays a part in one episode where – something about maybe berries or something where they have, like, this long shaft that runs the length of the country? What? Yes.
1: Uh,
2: the Dunkelberries?
1: Yes, Dunkelberries. Where the shaft is turned in different ways by goats for some reason. Maybe they have, have a lot of goats. <laughs> but that's, like, their source of power
2: in their country.
0: Now, I know with Dufel and Schmertz that he does a lot of things where One of the things that he always does is he always goes on with this huge monologue. And when he goes on with the monologue with his whole backstory, Perry always seems to find – like he always just sits there and listens to this backstory. And I've always kind of just wondered, why doesn't Perry just kind of go, oh, shut up already and just get it over with rather than having to listen to this entire backstory?
1: Well, probably because he wants to humor him in a way like, I know I'm going to beat you, so go ahead – rant on. I'll make you feel better about it. Make you think you're going to win, and then I'm just going to just escape somehow. And like somehow my arms are going to just slide right out of here, even though it's super tight. How does that work?
3: (laughs) I think Perry feels sorry for him sometimes, and so he listens to the backstories in order to maybe help him every once in a while.
2: Help him? Yeah,
3: because there's been a couple times where He's given him something.
1: Oh, like the one where they made the huge tire swing, where he told him how to make better inators. But I think he does that so he has a job.
3: Well, that too. It's job security. <laughs> yeah.
1: If, yeah, if, he, if he doesn't do it, then you know he does. He get paid for it? I don't think he does. He, he's just some. He gives. He just
0: gets service. free gas.
2: He gets free
0: gas. So now we're going to kind of move on here. We have the next character who's related to uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. We have his daughter, Vanessa, who is voiced by Olivia Olsen, who apparently is a singer. Uh, she's done quite a few songs, and she actually was in the movie Love Actually when she was 10 and sang so well that the people who produced the movie said, uh, yeah, we're going to have to have you sing a little worse so people don't actually think that – that people actually realize that that was you singing and not some sort of recording or some sort of adult that's overdubbed, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, now, what do you know about Vanessa?
1: She's, she's black. She's punk. She's she's
3: not
1: goth.
3: She's punk. I don't I think she's punk. I, I always go more goth.
1: No. See, no.
0: I thought that her boyfriend – well, the, the guy that she liked because it's not her boyfriend because she doesn't want to be embarrassed with it that her boyfriend was more of a punk uh, punk type and that she was more of a goth type.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think he was her boyfriend for a little while until he said like, uh, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't, we didn't hear him say it. She just like replied to it saying, Oh, a video game is more important. And then she broke up with him. I don't know. Uh, it it was something like that,
0: wasn't it? I think so. And I thought that was kind of weird that, like, she has this boyfriend or this guy that she likes that's the – that's the uh, he, he kind of just, like, dresses in that brown trench coat. And then all of a sudden he just up and vanishes, and then we see uh, – we see her finally meet up with Major Monogram's son, who happens to be voiced by Seth Green. And he kind of just shows up and, like, they're going on dates and she falls for him. And it was kind of like to me – This is kind of crazy and kind of goofy that, you know, this other guy was there and all of a sudden now he's completely vanished and we don't hear anything more about him.
1: But, you know, so I think, I've always wondered, like in one episode they were on a date and Carl, the intern sees them and then Monty Monogram like does, this, like please don't tell anyone and, and then and then Carl said you owe me big time or something like that I wonder what they're going to do with that are they going to do something?
0: I'm sure
1: they are <laughs> like he has to be an intern for a
2: day
0: like we may find out something about this here probably within the next season I'm hoping because I know they've got a bunch of stuff still going here because so, I know we're kind of what in the middle of uh, season 4 I think it is yeah but I got to say, I love this show. I mean, I love a lot of these characters here. Uh, now, moving on here, since we kind of still are in this B series, B plot characters, uh, we're going to kind of move over back to Alka again. We're going to talk about Carl the intern. So what do we know about Carl, Izzy?
1: He's an intern who's getting um, college credit, right? Mm-hmm.
2: hmm
1: which, how can he get credit for a secret agency? No one will know about it. It's
0: true. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, here's my question then with that. If he's working for a secret agency, how come there's a building that has Alka's name on it? Because remember, Schmertz actually goes and he decides that he wants to be oh. good, and he walks up to the building and it has Alka's name on it.
1: Maybe it's not so secret. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they cover it up. Like, it's some company that, <coughs> that uh, I don't know, some weird thing. It, maybe they cover it up somehow.
0: since no, like so it's, it's a
1: frame gets- shop or That's something right. like Well, that. They, they
3: don't say that they're secret agents. It just says... They are secret Why well, I know, but it doesn't say secret agency organization without a cool acronym. It just says, okay. But they
1: have the fedora on it, don't they?
3: Well, maybe they're a hat maker.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I like
0: that <laughs> now is Carl paid? No,
1: unpaid, but he his title is paid in turn, but they don't pay him anyway,
0: so. <laughs> yeah because that happens in uh where's Perry isn't it? He like yeah. goes bad for a while because he got hit with a ray or something, and that's how Perry got shot to Africa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll move on here now. Let's talk about Carl's boss. We'll talk about Major Francis Monogram. Uh, who he's actually voiced by Jeff Swampy Marsh. Uh, so we do have the two main creators of it showing up here in uh, in the episodes. So tell me a little bit about uh, Major Monogram, is he? Uh,
1: part of him wants to be a singer. Isn't that in one of the episodes? I think so. And it, yes, he has a huge monogram. monogram. <laughs> That's what Duke calls it.
0: Well, I remember there was an episode where he had, he goes and he puts on some sunglasses and New First looks at him and goes, hey, how do you get to go – how do you get the sunglasses to go on one side of your head like that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's one side of your face made by M.C. Escher or yeah.
0: something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really kind of like how we have Major Monogram bantering back and forth. With Doofenshmirtz a lot, those two characters. I mean, I really like the fact that they do that, especially when they go through like the Cliptastic episodes, because uh, they're they're constantly back and forth and back and forth with each other, getting their little digs in, and just knowing that those are the creators of the show doing those voices kind of makes me laugh even more seeing that because it's kind of like okay, here they're getting to put their little input, in their you know, put their little mark on it. Uh, now, do you know what he wanted to be in a in a uh, before he started working for Alka? Oh. Did it
3: happen at the academy?
1: The academy academy that his father, who isn't his father, I didn't get that, where his his, this some man that he called father, but is not his dad. And he made him go to an academy, some academy, apparently it was bad.
3: I don't know what it was.
1: Just the Academy. The Academy.
2: Um, what?
3: What did he want to do?
0: Maybe I'm getting this confused with his son. Because didn't his son want to do something? And, he, and there was like a whole big thing of how he oh, had to go through it and be oh, a.
1: Oh, Okay, so Major Monogram, he wanted to do Trapeze or something. Is that it?
0: Yeah, I can't remember if it was him or his son that wanted to be a trapeze artist.
1: Well, he made made his son take trapeze lessons, but his son actually wanted to work in Alka. And then he used his trapeze to fight evil, which made him proud.
0: Didn't he use it to like defeat Major Mon or uh, not Major Monogram? <laughs> That'd be horrible if he defeated Major Monogram. I uh, <laughs> used it to defeat uh, Doctor Doofenshmirtz and like blow up one of the Enators because Perry got taken out, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, I think it was. It was. It was someone that Doofenshmirtz was training. Some random guy that wanted to be.
0: Was that with? It wasn't Carl the one. Where- what? what was that? that- that wasn't the one where uh, Buford was his intern, was it? Because, no, because Perry no. couldn't show himself?
2: No, 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 no,
1: no. No, it was some other guy that was never seen it ever again. It, his, I don't know. He oh, had a name. I don't right. know. What,
0: yeah, he, he was like, he, was, he went on to go take over the world or something because he thought that the tri-state area was too small.
1: Yeah, like he took the big fans and tried to break it in half. I don't get how the fans can lift up the ground. That was weird. That was a cartoon thing right there. That can
0: never happen. Okay. So let me see here. So let's kind of talk a little bit about what happens in each episode, the basic premise of each episode. Because we we kind of have a couple of things going on. We always have the kids outside, right? I mean, they're always sitting around and what happens? They
3: build something.
1: Yes. Or they get the idea. Or no, their friends visit first and then. (coughs) they get the idea and then they, they build, build something it. and then and then Perry goes away yeah
3: he gets his mission of whatever doofenshmirtz is doing for the day he gets
1: his briefing and then goes
3: and then he goes away and then candace
2: keeps he calling,
3: keeps calling the mom to try and bust the brothers
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then, then perry gets there perry defeats doofenshmirtz Whatever innator is created gets destroyed somehow.
1: And then a ray does something or some other weird thing happens.
3: Because of that destruction or with what the innator was supposed to do, Mm -hmm. it affects what the boys built and makes it disappear or walk away or shrink Uh, or vanish or go to some other alternate dimension Mm -hmm. or... Or,
1: it's either that or or their friends do something like the one where they made the giant tire swing Buford hit a button and then it flew up into space
3: or when they when they made the football XM, X M X football X7, X7 stadium, stadium. They, they gave they, they, gave, it
1: the, they gave it to the they uh, gave it
3: to the the soccer team and yeah. then everybody just carried it away
1: what soccer team was that oh it was um the the, the, the nostrils the British nostrils <laughs> and then was green and like their
0: signal was like go no goal or something like that <laughs> now I do know that they don't always build an invention because one of my favorite episodes is when they go through and they're detectives because Candace's um, doll was actually given to a thrift store I remember it was, it was like her favorite doll that she'd had since she was like six years old or something and they decide that they're going to dress up like detectives and they're going to go through this whole rigmarole where they're – they start off and they're in the black and white scenes. And it's very reminiscent for me of the old like uh, Mickey Splains, Mike Hammer type episodes uh, or uh, Mike Hammer TV show that they had where it's very dark and film noir style. And they decide that while they're going through their searching, they start going through all the thrift stores, hey, maybe we need to update – our our motif a little bit, update our show a little bit. So the next thing that you see is you see them, and outside of the thrift store that they're stopped in, there's an old Ford Torino, red and white Ford Torino, which is straight out of this 1970s cop show called Starsky and Hutch. Uh, love that. They're, they're of course they're dressed up just like Starsky and Hutch were. You know, uh, next one after that you see them. They're going okay, and they they go to the next thrift store, and you see them dressed up. There's a there's a big speedboat out front of the store. And you, they go inside, and you see them, and they're dressed up like Crockett and Tubbs from from Miami Vice. The last one is the one that gets me, and I love this bit because you see them, and they're they're sitting there, and they're just they're in these white shirts, and they got black ties and black pants, and they're they're standing there, and the guy says to them, "Hey, aren't you kids a little young to be detectives?" And Phineas takes and he puts on his sunglasses, and he goes, "Yes, yes, we are." And at that point, all of a sudden, it throws back, and you hear this music that sounds just like uh the lead in for c s i miami and there's there's a the whole yeah type noise that they do for it not that to me, I just started laughing, I'm like, okay, I need to keep watching Phineas and Ferb if they're gonna throw pop culture references in like that. that for me was a big thing, so I don't know is there anything like that that you guys have seen that really has kind of hooked you in
3: I think, um. Just the 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 subtle references to other older pop culture stuff or or making fun of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, or, there's there's Star Wars elements, there's, there's Lord of the, of the Rings, Rings elements, there there's um, you know like Howdy Doody and, and Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> um, what, what was that show? The the real pinhead something or other. Pinhead. Where like you have oh, this huge yeah. body but a really small head. It, that was
1: the dad's, like the favorite
3: yeah, the story. dad's favorite. But but that would be something like a a Mister Rogers or a Captain Kangaroo kind yeah. of reference. Now um, there's
0: there's one show that they watch that Candace is a huge fan of. You remember what this show is, Izzy?
3: Is that Let's all dance until we get, get sick. sick?
0: No, no, that- no, 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 no. This is one that she went to the she went to the show for the comic show, the convention for, and she dressed up as the character.
3: Ducky Momo.
1: Ducky Momo, yes. Yes.
0: yes. And remember, they, they had a whole thing when they were doing that whole Phineas and Ferb TV where they were trying to show Ducky Momo, like, where the bridge is? And I like, love the
1: episode.
0: They're like, Ducky Momo, the so bridge funny. is behind I you.
1: They, yes, I love how they kind of made fun of Dora, <laughs> Dora the Explorer. And it was it was funny because he kept looking around, like, and the kids kept screaming at him, like, what is going on right there or something like that. And it wasn't there one part where he just looked at a wrapper on the ground.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: I thought that was just great. I mean, there's those little elements. there are just kind of stuff that we know that they're making fun of what's going on. Uh, I know with that particular episode there, they also had other cuts in where they had a uh, cat car, which I thought was hilarious because that was really kind of a spoof on the old Knight Rider TV show. Ah, uh, you saw the cat card and it actually had this whole this whole look of like the light bar going across the front, like the old trans Ams did uh for the Knight Rider series, so I thought that was kind of a nice touch. They threw that in uh now, I do want to talk because this is something that's very important for the show. We wanna talk and just touch a little bit on uh music now, I know that there's only four episodes. For the entire series that does not have a song in it. Do you guys know what some of those songs, some of those episodes were?
3: Uh, I would want to say probably the first episode.
0: Rollercoaster. Yeah.
3: Oh, I don't, I don't believe yeah. that has, I don't think but, that has. No. Um, hmm, I can't think of another one that doesn't have at least one song.
0: Uh Light's Candace action, where we see her uh, – where we see Candace go through that whole, like, Princess Diary spoof. That doesn't have a song. Uh, oh. The Lizard Whisperer does not have a song in it. And Mommy, Can You Hear Me? Those are the only four episodes I was able to find that have no songs attached to them whatsoever other than the theme song. Oh. So now let Black me ask what? you
2: yeah. –
0: let me ask you something, Izzy, what's your favorite songs out of the series? Because I know that you had a whole cliptastic thing that you wanted to talk about.
1: Uh, um, oh, I like that one that Candace sings called "Me, Myself and I," where they make like a double of her, or like half of her personality is
2: into a different.
3: Remember that? So like her so, her busting personality and her Jeremy I like Obsessed. Jeremy personality they were two separate, two separate people. people.
1: I like that one and uh so many.
3: I like Gitchy Gitchy Goo. Mm-hmm. That's um, a great song. I yes. like uh Backyard Beach.
1: You you like the ones that for raps. Um around.
3: I like um. Uh, Ninja of Love. What? The, lo- the love, the oh.
4: love, Yes. <laughs> love, love, will they get
0: love? Will they get the band back together?
4: Yeah.
3: Um. And um, I like the um. Rubber bands.
1: Ooh, that one. I like that one. That one's catchy. Oh, I don't know if this one counts, but because it wasn't on an episode, they just made it, and it was on the CD that they made for all their songs. It was um Clipaloon Climpalon. That is hilarious. I love that one. It's the magical old timey bathing suit that lives in the Himalayas, they call him
2: Clipaloon. Oh, so that's what that
0: thing was, is.
1: Yes. That was the the blue and white striped bathing <sighs> suit with a <laughs> face <laughs> that
2: <laughs> makes <laughs> that noise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I saw him him in the Ferb TV thing where they had that and the floating baby head together. And I was kind of like, what the heck is that thing?
1: That's in um, the – Climpaloon is in the Traveling Around the World one, The
3: Longest Day of Summer. The Longest Day of Summer. When they go to the Himalayas and they crash. Yeah. um,
1: And then Candace says, are you making that up? Phineas
3: says something like, oh, we might see the magical old timey bathing suit that lives in the Himalayas. And she's like, what? I think he says Climpaloon. And and so when they crash, he comes walking
0: across. (laughs) See, now for me, I have to say there's a couple of of music episodes, a couple of music songs. Uh, You guys mentioned the Love Handle episode where they get the band back together. Uh, I I loved out of that one where uh, they have Swampy and you see the drummer Swampy and they do the whole song, Ain't Got Rhythm. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really well done because you hear them bumping together and they're – you know, he's stamping and everything and he's got the rhythm going on with it. I was like, man, this is good. And it reminded me – that whole episode reminded me of the movie Blues Brothers 2000 because they basically kind of go through the same thing where they're really trying to get their old band back together to go play uh, with the Blues Brothers movie. And when I'm seeing this, it's kind of like, okay, they kind of did this whole compilation of music where they put it together and I'm like – man, this really is, like, they just sat down and watched Blues Brothers 2000 and said, we're gonna do Love Handle on this episode. So I kind of liked how they got that together. And they put yeah, that Yeah, I in. like
1: the, what is it? The lead singer's one.
0: Oh,
3: where they go through the, the, yeah. The, yeah, the progression whatever. of, of progression rock.
1: progression of rock, and then it's, like, it's like, yeah, like <laughs> and then it's all rock and roll, mm-hmm. and, Oh,
0: what is his name? I don't know. Well, I know Bobby was the drummer.
1: Bobby is a hair- Bobby's the hairdresser. He's yeah. the bass
3: player. I don't know what the other guy is. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: Danny. God, this is going to bug me.
3: Danny. Danny. Danny.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned that you liked, that uh, Stacy liked the Bettys. Did you guys see the, the Ready for the Bettys episode? What did you guys think of that one? Cause I kind of like that how they put it all together, and you, you hear them with banging on the Betty Bongos, and uh, you know they'll go and Candace like throws in lyrics. Oh, fine, just go with Betty Betty Far there, and they're like, "Hey, that's a good song. We've got that. that that's going to work for us."
3: What I like about that episode is that Phineas and Ferb stumble across Perry's um, one of his hide- hideouts and his uh, like hover car, and
2: yeah, yeah,
3: and and Phineas thinks that Ferb
2: oh. made it
3: all, and that that they is were what they were—they were, were the going to be day. spies for the day. Uh, but uh, but Ferb like, doesn't say anything; just goes along with it.
0: Well, he, he trying to think, interrupt, and it's like, "Uh, but but I I oh, forget it." At the end, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I,
1: uh, that one confuses me. It uh, that 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 kind of part in the show. It makes me think that Ferb is mute until he starts talking.
0: Right.
1: Like he wants to say something. I don't know why he doesn't.
0: Well, Phineas just kept talking over him. Phineas was like, this is so cool. He didn't give him a chance to explain.
1: (laughs) He kept doing that, didn't
0: he? Yeah. Now, Todd, because you mentioned that you like Gitchy Gitchy Goo, I found this out. That was actually based off of an old Jetsons episode uh, where they did – for uh, *A Jetsons*, where Judy Jetson had won a, uh, she'd won a chance to meet Jet Screamer. Uh, you you probably may not have ever seen this episode, Izzy, but they meet him and they do this whole song where it was originally based upon uh, some lyrics that or a secret language that Elroy Jetson had put together. And it was the name of the song was "Eep Op Ork Ah uh, Ah." Uh. And so, Eep. Gitchy Gitchy Goo is I'm listening to it, I'm kind of like. This just totally flashes back to that for me, so I kind of made that that touch. I don't know if you did, Todd. Is he? You, you gotta go and watch this now. You gotta go look it up. Maybe look on YouTube or something. See if you can find eep orp op, eep op ork ah 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 eep op ork means I love you. Yes. Okay. How do I spell it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, do that it's, later. It's pretty cute. I mean, when you see it, it's it's. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty decent long, you know, decent length song for it, but when you watch it, you'll be like, okay, I see where they got Gitchy Gitchy Goo from, because it just flashed back for me, so. And now, I'm gonna give you a chance, Izzy, since you said you want to talk about Where's My Perry a little bit. I know this is probably one of your favorite things, because you have an iPod that you can play it on, so go ahead and tell me what you know about this game.
1: It's it's a spin-off, is that it?
3: Spin
2: off yeah.
1: spin-off of Where's My Water Where where you have to get water to a tube so it can power um like all the tubes for him to travel through to get to his um his lair to hear his briefing for the mission. And whenever um the Whenever one part of it is finished, like the last level, he gets to his briefing, and it's always something ridiculous and meaningless, like Major Monogram just wants to tell him something, or, you know, um, and and they always make it seem like it's a big deal, like one of the parts, I think it's called The Fall of Major Monogram, I thought it was going to be like Major Monogram isn't going to work there anymore, but it turns out that he was trying to do that trust exercise thing where he falls back and someone catches him, but no one caught him. So he just ended up.
0: Now, see, now I have to ask you, do you know what the significance is? Because in this game, there's a lot of little gnomes that show up.
2: Hmm. Do
0: you remember yeah. what that significance is for?
2: Those,
1: those were from, oh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but, I think it was, yeah, Lawn Gnome Beach Party and one where Doofenshmirtz, uh, he says that his lawn gnome was confiscated from him as a child, so he took all the lawn gnomes from everyone in the tri-state area. And so I think, what was it, where for the game, did they like fall into the ground or something? Is that it?
0: Yeah, they're all buried there. But you have you have to like run steam across them or run water across them uh, in order to get them to in order to like win the level. Of, I mean you don't need to you don't need, a, you don't need yeah. them to win the level, but if you go through and you unlock them all and you go through all the challenges, then you get to go in and you get to see uh, Doofenshmirtz's best friend. You remember what his best friend is, right?
1: Balloony. Yes. Baloney!
0: He sprays Balloony with that whole coating and draws the face on the balloon, and, you know, that was it. And I don't remember. Whatever happened to Balloony? Because I know he floated off into space.
1: Oh, uh Balloony popped. He's gone.
0: Oh, he but did.
2: not I yet.
1: Oh, well, he did. Remember the one where they did, like, the clips of Doofenshmirtz's memories to make him angry?
3: But before he popped, he was on the spaceship.
1: Yes, he was on the spaceship as Colin. <laughs> from the alien, and he Mitch Mitch called him Colin. Yes, um, and and some
3: people call him Big Mitch.
1: Some people call him Big Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about meep now, <laughs> uh, but um, he he got balloony back when I think Perry like patched him up, right? And then he brought him back. But in one of the episodes after that. They said that
2: he popped. Oh. Um, so, he's not.
0: So, well, Norm will just patch him up again and have him show up in a later episode.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. So, let me ask you are there any favorites or any characters that we missed that you wanted to talk about, Izzy? Can we
1: talk about me?
3: Uh, no, me. Or there's Norm?
1: Norm, yeah. It was
3: Schmerz's robot giant robot man that he created to destroy uh, Perry the Platypus because I, the natural enemy of the platypus is man. man.
1: It's Norm the Minotaur. I love that episode. That one, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> and, um, and then
3: there's Meep who is a intergalactic
1: alien. alien. He busts people for for doing things that they're not supposed to do. His, that's his So he's the idol.
3: intergalactic king. Andis. Yes. And,
1: uh... He... he Mitch, Big Mitch, whatever. <laughs> that's his arch-nemesis <coughs> who has a mustache translator <laughs> where he, if you wear the mustache, then you can speak any language and people will understand you. But the only thing he says is meep. That, that's all he says. That's why they call him meep. And so he's like a, a white kind of uh, like a circle on top of.
3: He looks like a Moshi monster.
1: He does. He does. <laughs> I mean, I don't like Moshi monsters, but I know what it looks like. He looks, like. Like, a moshi looks like a Moshi monster. But um, uh, so he he he's a big. To me, he looks like a marshmallow. Okay. I think he looks like a marshmallow with like a pink helmet or something yeah. that has like ears.
0: Yeah, I never understood that whole headgear thing. I just kind of look at it, and I'm like, that looks a little weird, but okay.
1: <laughs> and um, so who did his voice? Uh, Lorenzo Lamas did his voice for most of it. Unless you count, like, all the different mustache translators, like, there was a different...
2: Jeff type. Foxworthy Jeff
1: was the other
3: Foxworthy. one. Yes. Was that it? Uh-huh. When, when he had the, the G orange. Oh,
0: the, the southern oh. mustache. <laughs> yeah. Together. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I'm kind of like, and he just came right on with that whole accent. And I'm like, yeah, that works. <laughs> so anything else you guys want to add to this tonight before we wrap it up? Uh, I think
3: that's a, a good good start for anybody that has not seen it. I I would say you, you watch one episode and you'll, you'll probably get hooked out automatically. Yeah.
1: And for people who don't know what Phineas and Ferb is, and if they watch this, then they're probably going to be so clueless because we mentioned a lot of stuff that we didn't really explain.
3: I would suggest. Watch it. Sign up for Netflix for the yes. first month for free if they still have that going on. I think so. I think they have the first three seasons on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Watch it from the beginning because uh, that's the one thing that I like about the show is that it it, uh, it makes references. It makes references to older episodes, things that were said in passing yes. that if you weren't paying attention you're not going to get the joke yeah, like, next year like when, there they, was, when they make a reference of, yeah, of something. Like, they, 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 uh, they
1: did one for the movie where they mentioned a song that they did in the movie, and since the movie never
2: happened,
1: then the, they're like, how do we know that? And right. then they just kind of look at the camera like confused, and then they go on with their
0: day. Well, now I so did find out that the movie actually – it was supposed to be slated for this year. It was supposed to come out here in August. Uh, And then they decided they were going to push it back. It was going to be the original – when Thor The Dark World got pushed back to November, they said, oh, well, Disney says, well, we'll just put out Phineas and Ferb the movie on that date that Thor was going to come out. And so they said, well, no, we're not going to do that. So there is – from what I understand, there still is the movie coming out, but it's been pushed back to next year, to 2014. So I had just read that today and I thought, okay, I'm going to mention that in here.
3: Oh, they're going to they are get like a theatrical Phineas
0: and Ferb? Yeah, it's going to be a whole theatrical release. So I'm kind of kind of hoping to see how that's going to come off. Because yeah. I'll go see it. <laughs> yeah. So anything else you guys want to add? Ooh, let's see. Oh, I think we, uh, I think should we, we mention that?
2: Maybe? Okay.
1: No. Okay. Give away too much, even though we've given a lot away. Uh, Do we talk about Susie, Jeremy's little
0: sister? Kind of. Go ahead and go ahead and bounce into Susie a little bit.
1: Okay. So, Susie Johnson. She how old is she? Six, maybe. Some age, some young age, but she's uh, evil in a sense. She wants to be Jeremy's favorite girl so she hates Candace a lot. And whenever Jeremy isn't around, she's fine with Candace. She doesn't do anything. I mean, she's she said she's awful.
2: Uh
1: and
0: I know Buford's terrifying of her. Yes.
1: She's <laughs> well, because
0: like they oh. did the whole they did the whole fun house episode or or um, haunted house episode, and Buford dresses up as as Susie, and they like walk in. And they go, Buford, you're dressed like Jeremy's little sister. Yeah, oh. and I like,
1: and I like how he um, was petting the the fake poodle. What was what was her name? The poodle had some name.
0: It wasn't oh, Fifi? Was it?
1: Think so. I think they just called her a good girl for most of the part when they were petting
2: her. I guess.
1: No, that's gonna bug me now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, well, that's the internet's for. Yes.
0: Gives and, you something to go look up. <laughs> All right, well, I think this pretty much wraps it up for this episode of talking about my generation. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening here. Uh, I do want to welcome you and please ask you to uh, feel free to leave feedback on iTunes. Uh, You can also send me a tweet. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. You can also reach us. You can also send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. And with our last episode here, I I did announce this here. We actually have a website now. We have mygenerationpodcast.com. And you can actually go there. You can see what we've posted up. Uh, I've, I've been trying to put little links there on the website to what we've got coming up here. Uh, so please go ahead and, and feel free to go ahead and go that website and comment. You can also see that we've got episodes uh, that we've, we've just gotten in with Stitcher on our website. Uh, we've got it in iTunes. I'm adding new stuff every day. So please come and take a look at it. Tell us what you think. And if you think that we suck, you, you want to tell us that we suck – please tell us that. You know, let us know. Give us (laughs) feedback. (laughs) Okay?
1: But be nice.
0: Yeah, you know, give us constructive criticism if you want, you know. But let us know, hey, we need to do better. Or if you want to see something new or you want to hear something new and you want to hear us talk about it, let us know. We'll be happy to take it in. Uh, So I think we're going to go ahead and sign off here. I'll go ahead and sign off with the Phineas and Ferb theme song sung by Bowling for Soup. There's 104 days of summer until school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our
4: generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist or giving a monkey a shower. Serving tidal waves, creating nanobots, or locating Frankenstein's brain. Finding a total bird, painting a continent, or driving our sister insane. This could possibly be the best day ever. And the forecast says that tomorrow will likely be a million and six times better. So make every minute count, up, jump in, and seize the day. And let's make sure that in every single possible way, today is gonna be a great day in the tundra or building a roller coaster skiing down a mountain of beans devising a system for remembering everything or synchronizing submarines racing chariots taming tiger sharks constructing a portal to Mars building a time machine stretching a rubber tree or wailing away on guitars (laughs) this could possibly be the best day ever and the boy that tomorrow will likely be a million and six times better so make every minute count jump up jump in and seize the day and let's make sure that in every single possible way today's gonna be a great day